Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to the Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. You might have seen her on TikTok, but she just recently finished up performing as Bombay Arena in the City Springs Theater Company regional production of Cats this past May in Atlanta. So welcome, Maggie McCown. Thank you for joining me. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I have been a fan of your, um, I knew about you because of TikTok, and I've been a fan of yours from before, and then... This cast I saw because of Caitlin, who was a former guest of mine. And then all of a sudden I started looking, I'm like, wait a second, there's a lot of people I've talked to, a lot of people I've seen um, on, you know, theater talk type of thing. And I was super excited because it seems like an unbelievable production that you all got to put on. Yeah, for sure. That's so funny. So you saw like me posting about a chorus line. A chorus line and all kinds of stuff. I okay, my, okay. <laughs> my TikTok is now like I have it's a weird TikTok because I've it's for the podcast, but it's also me only me using it. But it's a podcast of one. It's just me. Right, right. So it's got a little mix of like it's got some of the sports stuff I like all of a sudden thrown in there. The algorithm has picked up the theater stuff and the stuff that I enjoy. But right, it's right. fun to see because I there's a lot of like of the theater talk has a lot of really great content creators and yeah. so it's, fun it's a to really see cool stuff. community honestly yeah. i've really loved i kind of started it just because i was bored backstage yeah. and now i've really found a lot of amazing people and found this really cool community on tiktok theater talk yeah i love it so let's start though let's start at the beginning you like you get cast and cats how much cats knowledge did you have going in when was the first time you saw it yeah so kind of like a lot of people i grew up watching the vhs I, I distinctly remember, like, every time I, like, had to stay home sick from school, my mom would put on the VHS of Cats. I don't know. I guess she's just like, you like dancing? I'll throw this on. Because I remember being, like, in my parents' bed sick and watching Cats. Um, but other than that, I didn't know any of their names. Even before I auditioned, I was like, who sings McCavity? Like, which cat is like, I didn't know yeah. that. I was like, I was like, oh, the white cat is beautiful. But I really didn't have much knowledge about it. I was very like, I knew everything about a chorus line backwards and forwards. But when I would talk to like cats fans, I'd be like, yeah. I don't know about that world at all. And now I'm so deep in that world. And I love cats so much. So I can't now I can't imagine not knowing about it at all. But yeah, I really didn't have too much of a knowledge about it. So I love that you, that was your, for me, it was like Tommy Boy and the Price is Right when I was sick and, it was, uh-huh. and you got cats. Yep. Um, so you watched it a bunch, but you did, but it was just like almost uh, while you're kind of barely keeping your eyes open sick. So you're not <laughs> fully following it. Were you more interested in the dance section of it or will the story part of it? Like, what was that for you the as a kid? Dancing for sure. I grew up mostly doing ballet. So... I loved seeing all the the technique and the legs and the athleticism of it all. And like, obviously like most young girls was like, I want to be the white cat. didn't even know her name. Didn't yeah. even, didn't know like her story or what she signified at all. But I was like, Oh, beautiful. And yeah, there wasn't too many shows I watched that it was like the dancers were the, the leads. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the, it was an ensemble based show full of amazing dancers. So I think that was inspiring to me as a young girl. I yeah. didn't know what was going on though. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. And you do now. Now you yeah, got a I know, bit, I know too, too much, too now. much now. So, okay. So you, did you, so you had not seen it since the movie to being cast. Yeah. Uh, I saw one regional production of it. And okay. I was like, cool. Like I, I, just, I thought it was good, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't like dying to be in it. I love it. So you just like, you walked in, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then you walked out and didn't think about it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was essentially my life. The first time I, I, I made a joke about it and then I didn't think about it again until I made the, the joke that led to this podcast. And so it's like the same thing. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you walk out yeah, and kind of forget yeah. about it. And now it's a huge part of your life. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, for sure. Okay. So have you, now that you're in, I want to ask this before we get into your particular production, because I have not seen the chorus line because I'm again, not that knowledgeable theater. You can see all the sports behind me. <laughs> I, everyone talks about the parallels between cats and the chorus line. Do you yeah. see it? 
I do. I do. And it's it's interesting working with Byrick Lee on the production. Mm-hmm. She's the reason why I showed up. I was like, Byrick's doing Cats, and I'll go over Byrick wants me to go. Like, I'd follow her to the ends of the earth. Um, and she tells us this story, and she they posted this on social media, so I know I'm allowed to share this, but that um, when A Chorus Line came out, um, it was, you know, really revolutionary again that same kind of concept of the triple threats and you're very rigorously trained to be in a chorus line and to do this long dance show it's kind of a marathon you're on stage the whole time right so after chorus line opened shortly after cats auditions are coming around and uh jillian wanted all the chorus line dancers interesting so byark and michael were like like we trained them like so byark i can't speak for michael but byark said i'll never do a production of cats like (laughs) she's joking but she's like i know like you know we trained those dancers and then they they stole them from us so she said i'm never gonna do a production of cats and then she goes and here i am so wow. I guess all these years now, and then she posted a video. I was like, Michael's just laughing at me when we put um, like cat makeup on her. So yeah, that's been funny seeing that very personal experience with her. As far as the story goes, I see it to a degree, like maybe the concept of like, they're all auditioning. Like mm-hmm. they're, we're just meeting or getting to know all of these different characters and they're auditioning for a part. But I don't see... That is that is very clearly the story of a chorus line, but I don't see that as much so in in cats. I don't view us as auditioning for, to be the jellical choice. I view it more of a celebration of the all these different characters. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It depends on how you look at that aspect of the plot. Because you're right that there is the like, you get introduced, introduced, introduced. It's, someone called it six as well. It's like, you know, you just you meet yeah. one after one after one after one. But you're right that there is one camp that's more of a like, well, these people aren't even eligible to be the Jellicle choice. And there's other groups that are like, like my initial thought was like, this is the X factor. What's this version of this? Who's going to be picked? And I just assume anybody who's uh, had a song was a choice. The choice, Um, right. And so it is like, it depends on how you examine it, which is very interesting. And there could be some parallels between like Cassie and maybe Grisabella, like, singing about give me a second chance like maybe their their time in the spotlight has come to an end and now they're dying for another chance so that could kind of be where people see that parallel and i could see that i think that's that could be kind of cool Mm -hmm. so let's fast forward how did you end up in this particular production like what was the rehearsal process like what was the like decision to go um and take on this challenge yeah so kind of all goes back to a chorus line. I did a chorus line about a year ago with Biork and then worked on um, the show pretty much for a year. And so I developed that relationship with her. And then when I saw she was doing Cats, I was like, well, and I'm from Atlanta too. So I live in New York City now, but I'm from Atlanta. So it was like at my home theater, Biork is doing this iconic dance show. Uh, I didn't know which cat I'd be right for, but I knew I wanted to be involved. Um, so yeah, I started doing research and really fell in love with the character of Bombay Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of got my heart set on her, which I don't normally do. I normally like to just be like, okay, wherever I end up, it's where I would end up. Cause I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. But I was like, man, this role is good for me. Like I love this part. So I submitted virtually uh, and then I got a call back, but I was actually unable to come. Like I would have to fly to Atlanta and mm-hmm. they were like, we don't want people like flying from out of town. We'll send you tapes if we need them. So they had me read for Demeter and Bomb and, and I love Demeter, but, and I've gone into for Demeter before, but I was like, I really love Bomb. And yeah, then I was offered the part from the tape actually, which is pretty rare, but I, I think because I've, I've been able to work with them so much, they knew my mm-hmm. work ethic and what I was capable of. They knew my dancing. So yeah, it was a pretty easy process actually, which is, again, is very rare. But. Yeah. So I love hearing the thing I, I love most about regional productions is, is, and having talked to so many different productions around the world at this point 
is I'm fascinated by what you get told as a backstory. And then, you know, it's like one thing when you're going on tour or you're going for months, if not years at a time to have like this long, lengthy rehearsal process, but you're going for three to four weeks, right? Is the run. Mm-hmm. What I, I saw you had Jacob Brent come, like what was like, how much into the story do you get versus the dance number and the choreography and the songs? And like, like what does that balance look like to prep for mm-hmm. a show like this? Yeah, we kind of worked in reverse. Normally you start a show with table work. We sit down and we just discuss and discuss and discuss and look at the text and the characters. Mm -hmm. And then we put the show up on its feet. But it was such a short rehearsal process and we only had a limited time with Jacob Brent, who is just, I know you've had him on the podcast. He's phenomenal. He's a a legend. Uh, A legend, yes. So that was just, oh, to be in the room with both Bayark and Jacob was just such a dream. Um, Yeah, so we only had a week with him. So he came in and kind of hit the ground running and was like, let's do the whole ball and as much as the ball as we can do in one day. We end up putting in the putting up the ball in two days. And we did all the original choreography within this one week. So that was really, really wild and exhausting, but also really exhilarating and inspiring at the same time, especially learning that choreography from him who did it with Jillian, was in the room when these um, wow. this story was kind of being yeah. created. Um, so we did table, table work. We like got in a circle and talked about our characters after we learned most of the show. Um, so that was interesting because the show then it was set, but then it kind of took on this new life the day after we we went in a circle and we all discussed our, uh, well, Jacob went around and told us like kind of basis of who we were. Mm -hmm. And then a couple days later, we, we went around and shared our story. Even the, you know, the kittens shared their story that that's, you know, not been pre-decided. Um, but we all were in charge of creating like this very elaborate backstory for ourselves. And the show then took on this new life and we had all these new interactions. And, you know, I found out like, oh, this cat is in love with me or this cat hates me. And so it really informed a lot of our decisions and so much of the show unlike a chorus line, which chorus line is you get on your number and you move from three and a half to four and a half to with cats. There's so many transition moments where we get to decide, even in the original choreography, we get to decide like our traffic patterns and our interactions. And so that was really cool to add those character choices in. Yeah. That's really interesting to hear the reverse because, you know, one of the things that I've Jacob's been the first where I'm like, well, I can't really argue against Jacob on like what I've heard from other people, but you hear these different things. And like, even recently, um, I, you know, I, I posted a joke on Twitter and somebody, a fan immediately responded and it was about bomb and Demeter. And it was like, they were like, they're sisters. I'm like, well, are they sisters? Because <laughs> I've heard they're sisters. I've heard they're not, I've heard they're, you know, like that they're BFF and everything. So I posted on Instagram and I got about a 50, 50 split. But every cast member that I've interviewed was on the not sisters camp, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, which I thought was interesting. But it's like there's so many of these things that are open for interpretation and you could play sure. it. But I think a lot of what comes from that is staging and friendships, you know, off stage. And so it's interesting to hear that you started with the staging. So when you had that almost predetermined, I knew where I was going to be and who I was going to be standing next. And obviously, who I may be dancing with. Mm-hmm. Did that influence when you wrote your own backstory? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. I want to like, hear your backstory. Like, like, I was like, oh, I'm, I hang out with Alonzo a lot. I must be friends with Alonzo. You know, I, the, that staging absolutely predetermined some of my character. Um, okay, my backstory, Bomb's backstory. Yep. So, what I was told is that I'm, I am like best friends with Demeter. We're not sisters, as far as I know. Um, that I had some sort of relationship with McCavity and I'm very protective of Demeter now and that I used to be like besties with Grizabella. And that's something mm-hmm. I did not know. Mm-hmm. And and that I kind of am flirty with Rum Tum Tugger. That's, yeah. that's what I was given. Like this okay. is predetermined. Um, but oh, we really ran with this. Like we really created these, like me and the, the actor who played um, Demeter would be on the phone, like on the car ride home being like, okay, so then I came over and then McCavity, like we had this elaborate story. 
Um, but the abbreviated version is that bomb. She's very independent. She doesn't need a title. Doesn't need a man. Um, likes being the cat that's people look up to and find powerful and maybe a little intimidating. And she's like very comfortable with her sexuality and um, very independent. So about three, I decided about three years before the Jellicle Ball takes place, Bomb was being this independent lady when she met McCavity. And we think of McCavity as this scary the scary cat in a fight. But actually from the text, we know he's deceitful and he's suave and what he's outwardly respectable. So we mm. think that that form that we see him in in the show is not, that's not how you normally see him. That's scary McCavity. But normally he's taking on these disguises and he's really attractive and he's really suave. So he sweeps Bomb off her feet. She's kind of into the bad boy vibe. And then she starts to see that he's involved with crime and kind of running this these elaborate cons. And he wants to use her in these cons, like kind of in a shady way. And I don't want to be a part of that. I'm like, I thought you cared about me. I don't want to be, I don't want you to use me in your schemes. So I leave him. Um, Around the same time, this is when Grizabella and Monk are together and Grizz leaves Monkey Strap. And I decided that McCavity kind of convinces me that him and Grizabella got together. Mm. I think that I'm not sure if that's true, but he deceives me into thinking that. Um, so then flash forward three years later, um, I've heard the stories about Grizabella now out on the streets, you know, being a cat about town. And I know she's involved with McCavity. And I think, well, here's a cat that I'm strong enough to say no. I didn't get involved in the shady things he wanted me to do. And she, she did, she does. She gets involved with him and gets involved in that life of crime and just a shady world. So I think for Bomb, that's why I'm really looking down on her. And I also feel betrayed because as far as I'm concerned, like she got with my man. Um, yeah. Is that, I love no, it. It's no, 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 it's what? great. I, so I'm, I'm trying to piece together because there is a part of me that I always thought that Grizabel could have been Bomb's mom and that could be part of it. But I, I, I like the like that. friend, older sister-ish vibe. Maybe not the actual Jacob. relation, but. Yeah, Jacob told me that we used to be at least like we used. I don't know if we're the exact same age. I think she's a little older than me, mm -hmm. but that she we used to be very good friends. And Demeter was now Demeter's like took her place in my life. Got it. Yeah. And so, okay, so that makes sense. And so you're like, yeah, she she betrayed you. She's also mm -hmm. a little. I've heard a little fear that like that could be the path you could go down if you're not careful. But you've, yeah. you've stayed away. Absolutely. And that's the same, same with Demeter. Like, Demeter then, so she's supposed to, like, kind of tell me in the first act. One time she just looked at, we, we were trying to decide, like, she's just gotten back from this scary schnafu with McCavity. And when does she tell me? When, when, do, when do I find out that she's been with him? Because something else is that Monkey Strap and I don't speak about him or Grizz. Mm. So that's why I could rationalize why am I so protective over Demeter, but I'm, you know, ruthless towards Grizabella is that Demeter didn't know my past with McCavity. Um, so then when she tells me, I'm like, girl, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad you got out. This is what could have happened. And so then Demeter and I are looking at Grizabella with such different eyes. Um, me being like, you should have gotten out. You should have known better. And Demeter being like, wow, this could have been me if I had stayed. Wow. In the end, I think we all were vic victims of yeah. McCavity. Um, but kind of have different journeys with the way we like find that uh, forgiveness for ourselves and for him and for each other. Have you had that moment with your Demeter before you sing the incredibly sexual song about McCavity? Yes. Okay. Yes. In the first act, she tells me. And one one day we were doing, we were about to do Gumby Cat. And she looks over me and was like, I was kidnapped by McCavity. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, when the day so like, yeah. I did not know what to do with that information. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And then finding finding how we rationalize why McCavity is so sensual is like, I think that duality of he's so bad, but he's so suave and deceitful at the same time. And kind of like that, you know, uh, remembering those days when maybe you got involved with a bad boy. Like he, I know he was bad for me, but like, wow, mm-hmm. he was a charmer. Like, yeah, it's there's been a couple people that have basically said that Bomb and Demeter had the same experience, but Bomb liked and Demeter didn't, essentially. <laughs> like, and, and that's kind of a very dark way, I think, to think about it. It's, it's honestly it's that this is the storyline I have the most trouble with as just like a, a viewer from the outside, because I'm always like, every time I go see the show, there's kids everywhere. You mm-hmm. watch it when you're homesick. And I'm like, the one thing. <laughs> that everyone has said is true is Demeter was sexually abused by McCavity. Like that's the one truth that we know. And I'm yeah. like, how is this art? Like this is a full storyline. Now granted it goes over everyone's head cause you don't notice it. And most people yeah. don't pick up on it, but it's so dark. It's like a very dark. It really piece is. Of and honestly in our production, we really didn't want to lean into that too much. Cause mm-hmm. it's just a lot for an actor to walk around playing trauma and playing yeah. abuse. So we kind of played that, both of us were in scenarios where we felt icky and uncomfortable, but we aren't playing like playing the sexual yeah, abuse. Yeah. We're playing like this is what could have happened. Yeah. So we don't have to kind of walk around with that. Yeah. And then McCavity feels way grosser when you play it like like that. I don't know. To me, it was harder too. The the McCavity <laughs> song, I still the line that he's broken every human law. I'm like that is a very that has a lot of things it could be. And that's like, let's just oh, leave I've that over here. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. If you think about breaking every human law, like I made a, I made a joke that day on Twitter because someone had a cat helmet and I'm like, well, he probably, I mean, he broke every law. So he's, he was speeding. Like, you know, so it's like, it can right. be harmless like that, but it also can go the other way. That's what we were kind of playing. Like our Demeter thinks like he like drugged her at a party yeah. and like, like then try to play that he was like protecting her. It was like, Oh, some other cat was coming on to you and I just took you away. Cause I'm trying to protect you. Like, yeah. I don't know how this like kind of twisted. Yeah. Did, um, <laughs> did any cast of your castmates come up with something just like way out of left field when you were hearing the stories? Um, yes. <laughs> uh, our McCavity has this whole story that he is dead he's already dead (laughs) and he was talking about like necromancy it was very uh, it was very interesting um but we were all like oh like i don't i I still don't really know what he was getting at but it was very it was very elaborate about like he has already died oh and that he's ageless um Mm, what other stories were there a lot of them were dark not not dark just like heavy like a lot of cats that came from hard, difficult homes and now feel like they have a sense of belonging in the Jellicle tribe. Like they were, we all brought to the table these like, you know, dark, deep stories. I was like, yeah. wow. When people say cats has no plot, I'm like, you're kind really? of given that though. Like that, <laughs> that is the baseline for a lot of it. Like there's only five, I think, that have collars, which means that most of them right. are. Like, and it's very cultish. And so like you have a lot, it is, if you like really dig in, a lot of them have these dark backstories right. to begin with, which is again, why I don't think children should see the show. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, it is like a, it, it's interesting because there's just a, so much emptiness. Like it's a world that's been created with a few for hundred percent, this happens, or we know these things are building up. And then a lot that's just unsaid that leaves a lot of interpretation, which is where uh-huh. it becomes so interesting and why I still have this podcast going is because there are a lot of different ex- like ways you could answer this question. And there really isn't a right or wrong in most of them because I think some of the questions I even ask are things that never came up in the beginning. Like it's not stuff that was discussed and, and like some of it was I'm sure discussed in the original production. And I know in 2016, they thought about stuff hearing you all come up with your own like circle of stories, like you are creating this, but there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer to most of it. Like mm-hmm. there is some kind of gray area that, that this, this world has built, which is what makes it, I think unique. And I think it's why there's so many fans, like a very diverse set of fans to the show, because there's probably yeah. something in you or yourself that you can see in one of the characters or part of the plot that allows you to, to relate to it. Right. Like I saw on 
some fan page that there's a theory that Bomb is Dick Whittington's cat because I sing yeah. the line about where you Whittington's friend. And I was just was like, who is, who is at home being like, hmm, I wonder. And then Gus sings about Dick Whittington, understudying Dick Whittington's cat. So everyone looks at me during that moment. I was like, like yeah. it's just, it just crazy. And honestly, endless backstories or who's related to who, like we've all created these interesting relations. It's, it's really fascinating. I totally get why people go down these rabbit holes theorizing. Yeah. The is there any any relationships that you your cast created that maybe would be different? I, like what I love is there's a group of people that are especially with the original production where they're like, this is the way it is, and nobody can tell me otherwise. And there's people like me who are like, yeah, of course they could be together. Like I could sell you on why this person and this. Like I had a love triangle between Grizabella Jelly and, Bo- and uh, Buster for Jones, and everyone's like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> so I think it's open. But what did you yeah. all create? Um. <sighs> There really are so many. I can mostly just remember my own. Um, Pounceable is like in love with me. That's sweet. Um, okay. He, well, he's like, oh, like, hey. And I just like, I mean, he's a child to me. I'm like, hi. Like, yeah. So like after I get rejected by Tucker, he's like, like, he's like, I'll be with you. Yeah. Uh, so that's cute. And then there's also theories that um, I'm Stella Bub's mother. And we're not mm. sh- quite sure who the father is. <laughs> Could be Rum Tum Tugger, but our yeah. Tugger is like, no, I'm not the dad, so we're, we're not quite sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jelly Lorem and Skimble Shanks are kind of a thing mm-hmm. in our production. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any any others off the top of my head, but we are that the theory that Victoria is Grizabella's mother. Or uh, Grizabella is yes, yes, yes. Grizabella that's is another. That's another very fifty-fifty thing. Interesting, or that you know who are the children of Deuteronomy? Are we all the children of Deuteronomy, or is it just? I said ninety-nine wives. Ninety-nine wives. I know. So, <laughs> so there's a there's a good, good there's a good chance, chance there. There's yeah. I mean, again, it's just very open. I I've had people send me uh, what their version of the family tree is. I've attempted to build one myself, and it's it's impossible. So much I because know. and then you know it's, it goes back to what Andrew Lerber said, which is they're just cats, and cats just exactly frolic around, and which means that they're probably a lot together a lot um which mm-hmm. is yeah and you know you have a celebration of that with a ball yep yep <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um, in the end we're just cats <laughs> well, one thing i did want to ask about is i did hear a couple of people use this podcast to like hear some how other people approach their their characters is that true oh listening to the podcast yeah uh, i listened to a couple episodes i was like i want to hear what other bombs yeah. or other people have said about their characters yeah that's wild to me. I love, no, I love hearing, hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? For sure. That's so that's so cool. I mean, it's cool for me because it's like always been my joke of like, all right, I'm I'm ready to direct one. And then it's like, no, you have Jacob Brent coming. Like you have someone <laughs> who really knows what they're doing. Um, but but it's it's been fun to hear that like people like are using this to hear how other people have interpreted their cat. Um, which is what's so fun about this, is that it's like basically a record of at least their thought yeah. process from it. Well, it's so fascinating when you meet someone else who's as passionate about cats as you are, because so many people don't get it. They're like, "Oh, it's cool. That's that's awesome." Like, they're so the dancing was so great, and that's all. That they're like the dancing and singing was awesome. They don't see anything else. But when you meet other people that are like, "So, which cat do you think?" Like, you get to theorize about these things. It's so exciting. So, I think this podcast gives you, you know, an opportunity to get into other people's brains who are just as passionate about it as you are. Yeah, it's it's fun for me because like I you know I live in New York and this is not my full time job. I watch a lot of sports. Like this, I don't live in the theater world besides being part of this podcast network and attending, like and going. I, I can't uh-huh. dance, I can't sing, and I, I didn't grow up. I played one thing in my entire life as a kid growing up because I played very high level travel hockey. So I was like never in the the shows as a kid. Like I lived the opposite life, and now I'm in this place where I kind of like if someone it doesn't come up like right away. I'm not like let me tell you about my podcast type of thing. But every once in a while, someone's like, "Yeah, I just saw cats." I'm like, "Yeah, what'd you think?" And then it's like a very strange, weird like uh, I know a whole lot about it for a very, very, very weird reason, and it becomes fascinating when you get somebody who is in that world and that thought right, process. Right. It's like, 
oh no, I, I like, I grew up with it. I love it. I knew it. And, and the, like, I know the plot and that's mostly, it. I know the plot and the backstories in the world and not the choreography and the original <laughs> and the differences and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, um, but it's fun to be, it's fun to meet the people and talk to so many different people who have done it. Cause there's so many versions of this over the years. And yeah. there's been some productions I like wish I could go back in time and see mm-hmm. or just hear. Um, and now it's like, no, that was, you know, it was like a, a moment in time. We're going to take a quick break for some messages from our sponsors. And then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about Cats TikTok and Theater TikTok. Okay. Because I've seen a lot of what you've done. I keep reposting all of them. <laughs> I, I firmly believe that everyone in doing a Cats production has the best built-in content creation possible because you can do transitions. You've got like these weird, unique type of things that's, that's very eye-catching. And so it's like, I just love that you have this platform and got the opportunity to kind of go and take this very strange, weird thing and kind of bring it to the TikTok world where it's yeah. like built for it. So I initially got involved with posting on TikTok because I was a fully offstage swing in a course line, had a very small role and a lot of time to kill. So I was like, this is a great time to start making content backstage. I had all this time in my hand, all these actors, you know, readily available to me. And I kind of kind of fell into this theater TikTok world and really enjoyed it, actually. Um, so now posting with cats, I've been like, oh, I have all this content to post about and these backstories. But I don't have nearly as much time because yeah. <laughs> I'm on stage the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's easier because I have all this on all these backstories we've been talking about and inside jokes almost. Mm-hmm. I always, when I post like a, a TikTok about that has some cat inside joke, I'm like, I know this might not do super well on TikTok, but I know the people that get it are going to think it's really funny. Yeah. The people, It'll reach like, the right audience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Might not go viral, but you know, it's gonna, the people that get it, get it. Uh, so yeah, so it's really, really fun, but it's also hard because I'm, I finished the show, you know, we spent, I have to spend an hour, an hour plus getting into costume and then thoroughly warming up. Uh, and then we're, you know, we're ripping off like our, the, the wig is really elaborate and the makeup is really elaborate. Everything, we're all like using coconut oil to get our faces off really quickly. So I'm like, wait, before you use that coconut oil on your face, could I get a video of you saying this goofy thing? So it's been really, really fun, but also posed a challenge because it's, you know, such a difficult show. Yeah, I saw So I was, I got to hang out with the, the U.S. tour number six, the one that's like, that's currently on tour yeah. before their show, before one of them, because we did stuff, you know, for, for video. And I was like, oh, I want to do this all in, the, in costume if they can. And it's like the, the leading up to it, it's like once you get in costume, it's like stretch, warm up, get ready to go. And then go on stage. Like there's not a lot of time, but yes, I think you have an opportunity if you, if you can just get a couple people to go on, to start your makeup, like 10 minutes earlier, right. the transitions that you can do right. and, all, and TikTok thrives on those of starting just in normal clothes and then doing the, whatever you cover mm-hmm. your, your camera with to then all of a sudden be in full cat is just such good content it that really like is. most people don't get the chance to do. So You're I'm so encouraging right. you to do those while you still, I know you still have a little time left. I know this is coming out way after, but hopefully we see some of these. I want you to do that. And then all the dance trends in cat costume, just people so notice funny. them are so, so much more fun. Yeah. You're so right. They're hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. I, I <laughs> the love it. are so eye-catching. The wigs and the makeup. And what's been really funny with the the wigs and the makeup is um, 
going out to dinner on our two share days in between. I know I posted <laughs> yeah. a TikTok about this. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna redo our whole face yeah. in between shows. So we'll go out to res- a restaurant and just be in full cat makeup. And one day we went out and his mother and daughter were looking at us and the mom went, scary, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even, she didn't acknowledge us and say anything, just scary, right? I just, I just love the fact that like it, I think it's well, like it's, it's all different living here in New York than like I'm from Indiana, from Atlanta. Like it's not like, I feel like if I walked out, I would now I know, it, but if you would have done this 10 years ago and I would have walked in and saw a bunch of people in cat costume, I'd be like, is there a, convention going on like i'm not sure i would if would have registered musical right away of that because i didn't grow up watching the 1998 movie to be like oh that's mustafeles like apparently there was a furry convention like our, the, our opening weekend at the, at the same <laughs> time is, in atlanta yes, yes. someone is like they're just gonna assume that's what we're doing yeah like, and we're all like cool cool yeah i mean <laughs> It's it's a thing. It's a, I've, I've I have run into I I was at a conference for work one time, and we had the same hotel as one of those conventions, and it was the first day, just jarring because I got in an elevator and I was not prepared to be with people in full costume. And then uh-huh. by the second day, I'm just like, yeah, this is, whatever. This is yeah. their this is their thing. Like they were nice and blood, like they were super polite and blood. I was just like, yeah. that's fine. More power yeah. to you if it's uh, as long as you're you know just. It's been on work conferences. I'm just like, as long as you're quiet and not, you know, causing too much trouble while we're just trying to do what we have to do there for work. I was like, right. more power, more power. It's just funny. We're like, yeah, we're actually professional dancers. Yeah. And this is our job. But yeah, yeah we're just playing dress up. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like- <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Let's do some rapid fire. Great. Great. If you could go on, I know you said that uh, Bombay Arena was like a dream role, but if you could go on for any single cat, whether it's male, female, whether it's, in your vocal range, not in your vocal range, just for one night, who would you want to perform as? Ooh, Grizabella. Go on as if Grizabella. I could, if I, just to be on the princess track of yeah. sit backstage. You're 15 minutes on stage. And you don't have to wear a, a unitard, like skin tight. You just get to wear a cloak and then you get the loudest applause of everyone. So, yeah. <laughs> Grizz. Okay. Who are your favorite and least favorite cats? <gasps> Ooh. Huh. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, having said that, honestly, Grizabella is one of my least favorite cats. That's um, great for my last question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I don't know. Well, I know you're going to ask me, and I'm. I'm really. I'm really dreading the question, but. Um, I think Grizz is a little manipulative. At least in our production, she's admitted that that she like shows up late. She's very dramatic. She falls to the ground and. And obviously for, you know, personal bond reasons, she's betrayed me. Um, So I don't love Grizz. I don't, I used to not like Jenny. I used to think she's kind of a lot, but she's like, I, like, she's kind of one of those friends that you're like, whoa, you're a lot, but I just love and accept you anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. For Jenny. Um, Oh, weirdly, I'm not good friends with the twins, Bomb and the twins. I guess I'm answering for, the, for I'm answering well, for Bomb so right now. <laughs> I, I kind of well, so this is it's it's fun to hear your answers, and I was going to say that it seems like you're answering as like so much yeah. of your own personal opinions have been shaped by the character you got to play. Sure, and I think some of that is because you didn't have the deep like ties to all the backstories growing up watching it and that so you had like a preconceived notion of so many it's more of like you've only viewed this from the lens of bomb ballerina yeah and so all your answers are just like well of course i don't like her of course (laughs) because of betray me like like you are answering as her so i'm assuming on the flip side then your love is probably like a demeter and yeah is there there any other characters that like maybe that's one that you don't interact with as much. So you're just like, I kind of dig that person. I don't interact with Mistopheles, but obviously Mistopheles and uh, Harry Francis plays it in Mm -hmm. our production. And he's just wonderful, just a wonderful human off stage as well. And obviously, you know, just breathtaking on stage. It's kind of unbelievable. It's, it's my favorite moment of the show is I just sit on the little cat tree on the side and watch him. And I always, that's my favorite. That's my favorite moment of the show. It's just, I'm like, wow, this is like, it just feels like a very, very high quality theater when I'm getting to watch him mm, do the number. It. He's so phenomenal. So, What's your yeah, favorite I think song? Stop, What's your favorite song on the show? 
in the cavity. I know. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 would, I was going to, I'd be criticizing me like, oh, of course you do. But that's my favorite song on the show right now too. So. Really? Okay, good, good. <laughs> I think when I first saw it, it was Mungo Jerry and Rumpel Teaser just because it was stuck in my head. I've now had the realization that the reason that I like that song so much is because it's, I've noticed that for myself as someone who like, I got overwhelmed seeing so much happening at once. Like I'm very much a sitcom plot fan where it's like, it's very easy to follow, very simple. I don't have to think that much. And I got to cats and was like, what is going on? There's so much. And the only time that's not happening is Mungo Jerry Rumpel teaser. Right. And so it's like, that was my favorite number. And I'm like, Oh, that probably says a lot about me as a person of like, that was the moment where I could just focus on just the two of them. Right. But as right. I watched McCavity is kind of the same way. I just think the music's so great. Like the song is just so fun. Um, so it's the one the that orchestra. Yeah. And just, mm, it's so good. I love it. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this one, but I want to hear your, what comes to your mind, but which cat do you think would be the best on TikTok? Like if they were a, a TikTok influencer? <gasps> oh, wow. I've never thought of this. Um, I, I have lots of answers for this. So I'm ready. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. I think Skimbleshanks would be good. It, Treating it like a business, mm. um, po- posting at the correct time. I'm, I'm so not like that. I just post yeah. whenever I feel like it. I yeah. can't do all like the <laughs> research of the right time to post or when, you know. Um, so I think Skimbleshanks would be good at the business side. I think, ooh, ooh. I think the kittens would be good, like, et cetera, because uh, they're young and hip and cool at the times. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm surprised you haven't said you. I, 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 Irina, I think she would be dancing okay. and like dancing up a storm, doing all the different trends. I, I, I that was like Bomb and Tugger were my first two original answers. Oh yeah, to Tugger, duh, duh. Because every every t- Tugger on TikTok does amazing. Like Rum yeah. Rum Tugger TikTok is a thing. <laughs> like, but I think where this gets interesting, if you start thinking about, I wouldn't say they're niche, but like the ones that are very specific to a type of like content i think bus for jones is cooking yeah i think yeah. there's probably somebody yeah it's, someone's on the book talk like jelly lorm is probably like an avid reader and is on the book talk. Like, i think there's a couple of these like victoria's probably doing some stuff dancing too like there's some like niche but interesting yeah. okay, i think I you're going there i see it i definitely see it yeah like mustafa's would be great at it too you're so right. You're so right. Okay. I know you don't want to answer this question, but I got to okay. ask you now. I, no. I I want you to either defend your least favorite cat or I want no. you to pick who you okay. would choose as your jellical choice and why. So I initially was very much the wrong cat died. I was like, wow, this is so unfair to Gus. Grizz is kind of manipulative and I don't like her and... And like, like I've heard you say, like, why can't she just join, rejoin the tribe? Mm-hmm. Like, why can't we just accept her? Honestly, wouldn't that be more powerful? And amongst the cast, a lot of people say, like, we just need to get rid of her. Just like, yeah. <laughs> she's just causing drama. We just need to get rid of her. Um, but I was very much like, Gus should be the choice. Or Gus, it's like Gus was robbed. Gus was robbed. And... Talking to Jacob, and the longer I've done the production, I now think it's got it's got to be Grizz. And a turning factor for me was that at least in our production, we're playing that she's gonna die. So if she doesn't okay. go this year, she should never go. Like we're playing that she has like some kitty disease, like kitty like STI or something like that, <laughs> and she she looks bad. She looks like she's gonna die you know yeah but that believable. ruins my criteria so like that ruins my current argument which yeah. is if she's not going to make it to next year then right. it does become different um right. I, let me ask you this question then and maybe i'm curious if your cast even talked about this but does old deuteronomy make the same criteria every year like is he making like what it's it's a strange version of this because you've got somebody returning that left like you probably don't have somebody returning that left every year it's like, how's last right. year's choice made? How's next year's choice made? I don't know. <laughs> I think normally it's probably um, seniority. Mm-hmm. It's the older cats, the cats who have done their time and paid paid back to the community. So I assume, you know, Jenny, Annie Dots, and 
couple years could be a strong candidate. She's older and done a lot for the community. I feel like it's seniority. Bustopher Jones. Well, Bustopher's a little bit like he's not super loyal to our our tribe. He kind of travels around, but but that but that it's not the most talented cat. It's Mistopheles has got. He's not not going anytime soon. Like he's he's young. Um. So yeah, I think it's seniority normally, and that's why this year is different because I think Grizz is not old, at least in our production. She's around. Bomb and Demeter's age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that was what makes the end so, so powerful is that she doesn't deserve it. But it's this moment of redemption that she didn't earn it, but that we know she needs it the most. And yeah. we, they also made a really big point to have Gus give her permission. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, yes. So our Gus, it's actually probably one of the funniest moments of the show is that during um, right before memory, the daylight, see the when syllabub singing her solo, mm-hmm. our Gus crawls out from the back of a, um, a tunnel that we have like army curls. And <laughs> if you can't see it from the audience, but all of us can see it. So we're like watching syllabub or watching Gus like crawl out. It's really so funny because he's not with Jelly Lorem at the time. So he's mm. playing that he can't walk um, without someone. And he sits right next to me, all of memory. He's like shaking and reaching out to her. And he's also one of the first people to go out after Victoria touches her being like, I'm giving you mm-hmm. permission. It should be you. And Gus got to live his you know, got to live out his dreams as a famous actor and Grisabella never got that chance. So mm. she's going to yeah. come back and get that life that she always wanted. Um, whereas Gus is like, I lived a good life. I'm okay. You can, you can have it. So, yeah. Th- there is a moment in the 1998 movie where he goes from his back turned to all of a sudden like, okay. And then reaches out. And so I do think there is like supposed to be that moment of where, he's accepted that he's no longer the choice. Cause I think there's a lot right. of belief that he was the choice. Um, and that is a, a, an integral part for us to believe that Grisabella is worthy. Um, right. I kind of love that. It's like, you were fully on board here and then good old Jacob Brent had to go in and try to convince you <laughs> so that way you can play it correctly on stage that, <laughs> That Grizabelle is the right choice. And that, that's what I'm going on. I'm going to send him a message and be like, Jacob, you got to stop convincing people against yeah, my podcast. I know, I know. Uh, but okay. I, at the same time, like when you're producing and when he's doing what he's doing and coming in and helping, it's like, well, you've got to all play it because otherwise it's weird. Like it right. wouldn't work if you all went on stage or were just like, nope, we don't want to send her, but like, go ahead. And right. Like, right. So you've got to convince yourself to do it for that moment. But maybe my know, mind will change when I'm not playing the role, but over time, time yeah, being... over time, we're going to get you on either team Gus or team somebody <laughs> else. Um, that's, that's the goal here is I'm, I'm slowly trying to convince everybody. I actually, right now I was just looking this morning. Uh, it's not, it's pretty close to 50, 50 of, like Gus and Grisabelle are pretty much most of the votes. Um, but Grisabelle does not have half the votes, which is pretty wild when you think about, I've done 120 plus episodes of this, multiple guests, like I, there's a lot of votes and she doesn't even win half the time of wow. this. And so it's like, that's kind of crazy because that is the story. Like she is the answer. Like it's definitive. It's It's the way it ends. It's not changing for 40 something years, but. I think I like to think at first I was like, oh, it's definitely me. I'm I'm causing the the strife here. I'm trying to move well, in. But I'm like, no, it can't be because this, this it hasn't changed. Like the order's been 50-50 from the beginning right. before I even started. I think it's also the theme to me. If someone says, what is Cats about? It's about redemption and mm-hmm. forgiveness. Yeah. So, and it's about, you know, she didn't deserve it. She didn't earn it. She wasn't the most talented cat and she didn't, you know, give to the community, didn't give to the tribe the most. She actually gave to the tribe the least. And it's the tribe saying like, who are we going to be moving forward? So a big turning point for me is that I'm the first time she comes out, I'm very like, don't touch her. I'm very, um, you know, influential in the group. I'm deciding, I'm telling the kittens, you know, not, I'm telling them how to feel. They don't know yeah. who she is. And I think my turning moment in the end is, is this the legacy I want to leave? 
Like, mm. is this, do I, I look at the kittens being wanting to touch her and I'm like, do I want to teach them to hate? So yeah. I think that's why we need to turn around the Jellicle tribe. And it has less to do with that Gus deserves it less and more just that we're changed. We're, and uh, Old Deuteronomy sings about our character in the end. So it's, mm-hmm. we're deciding what is our character. So I agree with every single thing you said, <laughs> except for that the she has a disease that's going to kill her. Because I think like you still have the same story if she gets accepted back and you just send somebody else up. But it's, you know, it's open. It's open for interpretation. Yeah. Um, this has been so fun. How can everyone stay in touch with you on social media and see the amazing TikToks and everything yeah. else you're doing and working on? Yeah. So my Instagram is Maggie underscore McCown. And my TikTok is XOXO Maggie MC, Maggie Mick. So yeah, come find awesome. me. We will put that in the description so people can find it. And um, thank you so much for sharing about your production and your experience and all thank the fun you. you've had uh, doing this this show. Yeah, this has been so much fun. I love I love talking about this stuff. So I'm so thankful to have gotten to chat with you today. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thanks, everyone else, for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.